So our scripture this morning in the book of Esther chapter 4, and I want to skip down to the 14th verse. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shunah, and, that, and fast ye for me, neither eat nor drink three days or night. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. If I perish, I perish. So let's go ahead and read the 17th verse. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. So the question comes at the end of the 14th verse that Esther gets to a point in her life where she says, for such a time as this. Now the book of Esther as a whole is, is a pretty puzzling book. We don't know the author. We know who it's about, but we do not know the author. But the fact that, that you've got a young Jewish lady that finds her way in the presence of a king, knowing that it could cost her life, and that's why she said in the uh, 16th verse, and if I perish, I perish. Again, let's back up a little earlier in there. And I go into the king, which is not according to the law. I'm not supposed to do this. But if God has put me in this place at this time against everything that would seem rational, then God is going to take care of me. If I perish, I perish. You and I today, we have many instances in our life that we can say for such a time as this. This is why we're here. This is what we do. This is the whole purpose behind. So this morning as we read through these verses and as we look at some other scripture, I want you to know this, that it is of the utmost importance that we be in the right place at the right time. Would you agree with that? What if we're not where God wants us to be? And I don't mean just in a spiritual relationship. I mean physically speaking. What if God had intended for somebody to cross our paths or that we were supposed to do something and we are not where we are supposed to be? So we see that, that Esther said as she begins to risk her life, saying that I'm going to go in the presence of the king and she's going to risk her life for the Jewish people so that they might be saved. Being a Jew, she was not supposed to be where she was. But here's what I love about God. God goes against what we might consider the laws or what we might consider normal. God said, this might be how it seems to happen, but I have different plans. Folks, sometime in your life, God may have different plans for you. For such a time as this was the question that, that they came up with Esther was that the fact of where is she going to be and what is she going to do? So Esther, we see, fasted for three days, met with the king on the fourth day, and then when you read this entire account, she exposed Haman on the fifth day. 
Now everything was all about the timing and everything was all about being in the right place, doing what God wanted to do. And let me tell you this, folks. Sometimes God works slowly. Sometimes God works swiftly in our lives. This morning, if you're here, I want to ask you this. What kind of time are you at in your life? Are you at a time and a place in your life that God can use you? Are you at a time and a place in your life where God can take and provide not only for you but other people in your life? We see here that, that, that it's important that we see that, that all together, it says, holding thy peace at the time when thou shalt enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place, when God said that it seemingly that they were in distraught, God said, I'm going to work against nature, I'm going to work against the law, and I'm going to make things happen that should not happen. Folks, can I tell you something I deeply believe in today? God can make things happen in your life that you never would have imagined. Do you think that? Absolutely can God do that, but here we might say amen and yes, I support that and I believe in that. But let me ask you another question today. Have you experienced that? That is where it's much more a profound impact on our life. It's not only is it something that, that we hear about and we talk about. Folks, God doing things in our life that we could not imagine is not meant to be something that is fictional or some kind of a fantasy. It is something that we are meant to experience. How could this young lady that did not belong in the presence of a king get there to save the people? I'll tell you how it happened. The hand of God. Maybe the title this morning should have been the hand of God in your life. It's the hand of God upon you and where you should be and guiding and moving and placing you where you need to be in life because for such a time as this, God placed Esther here so that, that, that God's people might be delivered. Folks, God's timing is always perfect. John chapter 4, if you want to venture over there with me for just a minute. If not, I'll read it to you. John chapter 4. I want to read to you the third verse, if I can, beginning in the third verse. Do you believe that God has a purpose and his timing is always right? Esther, you know, we might think the timing was off, or, but folks, she was in the right place at the right time that God could use. Let's read if we can for a minute. And he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Listen to the fourth verse. And he must needs go through Samaria. Again, he said, there's a reason that I'm going through Samaria. Now, let's go ahead and fast forward a little bit. On the other side of this, in this problem that's happening, you've, you've got this lady that's going to be in need, and had she, she was not in the wrong place at the wrong time. She's in the right place at the right time. Why? Because Christ was about to pass her by. Folks, if there's anybody's path that you need to be in the path of, it's Christ. And I'll tell you this, you don't always know where he's going. For Jesus began to declare, he said, I must needs go through Samaria. And then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. Now, Sychar is a very sinful place. But yet God said that I'm going to send my son Christ through a place that is a sinful place. But it's not by accident or by some mistake that it's because those people need a healing. So we see here in John chapter 4 that that there's a reason why that he's about to pass through. Now, verse 6 says, Now, Jacob's well was there. 
Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Now, remember what we read a few verses earlier. Jesus said that it was important that there must needs go through Samaria. Now, notice what happened. Then cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Can you see one coming from one direction, one coming from another? And they were about to cross paths, and the timing is perfect. Folks, there's one thing I believe in. God's timing is perfect. Esther was not in the wrong place at the wrong time. The idea is is that she made her way into the presence of a king and the reason was God was going to work a miracle. God wants, for such a time as this, God wants to to use you and I today. Look what happened. There cometh the one of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, he becomes the asker here and says, give me to drink. He begins to ask her questions or requests that he gives unto her. For the disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. So I love the fact that Jesus and this woman are going to be all alone. Isn't it amazing that the timing is so perfect that they get all alone? Folks, it's amazing today that you and I and the circumstances of our life, that God brings us to a place for a time such as this, that we can get all alone with Christ. Let me tell you something about that. I believe that you can get all alone with him even in the midst of a million people, you can still get along with God. Because you don't have to get along in the physical sense. You have to get along with Him in your heart, in your soul. Might I go ahead and add a side note to that? I believe it's good to get away from things, physically speaking. But you do not have to physically get away. It's a spiritual get your heart in a retreat. And all of a sudden, He began to ask this woman to give me a drink. And the woman of Samaria said unto Him, again, you got opposites here. How are you, being a Jew, ask us drink of me, which is a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. But can I say this? Jesus had dealings with sinners. Folks, if Jesus did not have dealings with sinners, why are we here? If Jesus did not have uh, dealings and relationships and cross paths with sinners, then what's our purpose? We're not going to get saved. We're not going to go to heaven. But the truth is, he passes by. The timing is perfect, folks. If God is dealing with your heart this morning, God's timing is perfect. Maybe nobody else here ever comes across this obstacle, but it's always amazing how that when God begins to work, we get busy or there's something you don't want to hinder or there's always a, a reason why that, that, that now is not the time, folks. Let me tell you, now is the perfect time to seek after Jesus. There's not a a later time. And what I even mean by that is not even at the end of a service. Now is the proper time. For we know not what the next few minutes or seconds or hours or minutes or weeks or months. We know not what anything in the future holds. But we do know this is that, that his timing is perfect. When God crosses our paths... And this woman began to speak and he began to speak unto her and she began to say, why do you have no dealings? She said, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew. And he said, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith unto thee, give me drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and then he would have given thee living water. But notice where the woman is starting to understand her shortcomings. The woman said unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. So she's going to start seeing that she has shortcomings in her life, only things that he can. But she wants to see his shortcomings first. She said, you have nothing to draw with. And she said, from, from whence then how are thou that living water? 
And art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave the well to drink thereof himself and the children and the cattle? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinketh this well shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Again, notice the timing. But the water I give him shall be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Do you know what she's admitting? She is thirsty. She said, I've got a need. She said, give me something that I can remove what I'm experiencing. If you're thirsty and you drink of water, then you thirst not. That means it's removed. Let me ask you something. Do you believe that God can take things away? Let's word this a little differently. Do we believe that God can work circumstances in our life and take things away that would not seem normal? If God can provide a way that Esther would end up in the presence of a king, God can work in the circumstances in your life that you might be blessed of him. God wants to do that. But the woman finally began to understand it's not so much about uh, the, the physical things that she saw. She began to understand, you can give me something, and she said, where that I thirst not, neither come hither. And Jesus said to her, go call thy husband and thy father, uh, come hither. And then he starts exposing the sin that she has in her life. But, but, but I want you to see in the scripture is God's timing is perfect. Let me read you a couple of verses in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29 and verse 4. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Again, this is Jeremiah, chapter 29 and verse 4. I'm going to read that last part of the fourth verse again. Whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem into Babylon. Now he said... You're not in the most ideal situation that you would want to be in. Remember what Esther said, if I perish, I perish. Now we might want to say, God, if I'm going to be in a circumstance that's, that, that's totally just ironic or totally just off the charts, uh, amazing, why don't you put me in a safe situation? Esther said, if I'm in the presence of a king and I perish, then I perish. But I, my desires are to save the people. Remember what happened in Jeremiah begins to tell us in Jeremiah 29 and 4. I have caused you to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. So you are not in the most, you're not in captivity. But you are in, a, in, in, in your less than ideal or preferred environment that they were in in Babylon. Now, listen to what happened. They were kind of secluded. Maybe we should word it like that. He said, but even though you are in a situation that you prefer not to be in, listen to what they were told to do. Let me ask you this. How many of you and I, before I read the verse, by the way, don't look down and read the fifth verse. If you're in a situation or circumstance that you do not want to be in, how many of you are going to say, God, get me out of this? Esther could have said, if I'm going to die in the presence of a king, just get me out of this. And build ye houses, he said in the fifth verse. And dwell in them. God, you're putting me in a place that I prefer not to be. And you're telling me to set up camp here? Not only is God going to tell them to set up camp. I don't want to give the idea or the implication this morning. That, that, that this is a temporary place. He said, not only are you going to build houses. He said, you got to plant your gardens. Now, 
I don't have a green thumb. Can I ask you something that you probably all know the answer to? If you plant a garden, is it going to raise up in an hour or two or a day or two? Or are you going to be there a while? Folks, sometimes we have to go to Babylon and God said, but you're going to be here for a minute. Many of us would say, God, can I not just go through and eat somebody else's fruit? God, can I not just live in a tent in this place and get on out of there? Can you not send somebody else before the king and their life be at risk? No, God said, I want you there. For such a time as this, the question was, God places us in these situations and times in our life. And God said, not only am I putting you in this place, I'm telling you to set up camp there. For Jeremiah 29 and verse 5 said, Build ye houses, not as a place that you might call a vacation home or a go visit on weekend. He said, you're going to build the house. You're going to live in them. You're going to grow the gardens. And you're going to eat of the fruit that you grow. God, you've messed up. Folks, God does not mess up. God has a perfect timetable. And we see that, that, that God's timing was perfect with Esther. That the, the fact of is that she began to work in her, her presence into the king so that the, that, that the people might be saved. And I'm thankful for that today. But let's go back and read, if we can, the book of Esther for just a minute. In the book of Esther, what we read to you in the very beginning. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whither thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. The success that they were going to enjoy was not their success or their greatness. Folks, this had everything to do with the greatness and the goodness of God. Can I ask you something? What is your greatness compared to God's greatness? Ego sometimes, pride sometimes, we grow and we want to show all the things that we've accomplished and all the things that we've done. Folks, I want to tell you, the greatest thing that you've ever accomplished in life does not even want to be compared to what God has done for human race. God works miracles. And we see here that their, their greatness and their success that they were going to was all because of God. How did Moses lead God's people? God appeared unto him in the burning bush and said, I want you to lead my people. And the only reason that Moses, by the way, let me just say it like this. The only reason Moses was able to deliver God's people, he didn't finally go into Canaan's land. But the reason that Moses was able to lead the people was not because of Moses, but it was because of God. So today, folks, if you ever take God out of the equation and out of the idea, we don't have any guidance in our life. We don't have any leadership. We don't have any understanding. Who is it today that was able to lead the people of Israel? It was God. He gave them a cloud by day and a fire by night. They got to the Red Sea. What, who parted the waters? God. God is the one that has the power. God is the one that has the authority. God's presence is what we stand in need of. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace and there was a fourth image that came, who was the image like? It wasn't Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego. It said, there's something different than those three that I see in a fire and appears to be in the image of God. Today, folks, for such a time as this, when you and I find ourselves in the presence of a king where our own life can be taken, where Esther said, if I die, then I'll just die. If I perish, then I'm just going to perish. But if God brings you to that time and that place in your life, is God going to be seen? Folks, I, I, 
the thing that I love about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's not that they wanted to go into the fire. They just trusted God. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But it's important for you and I today when we talk about a time as this, when you're standing in harm's way, that the element of trust must be there. For God wants to give us what it is that we stand in need of. The book of John chapter 3, if you was over there in John chapter 4, read back a few verses. John chapter 3 and in verse 27. John answered and said, A man can receive, can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. That's a pretty deep verse when you think about it. A man can receive nothing except it be sent from heaven. Folks, I would not encourage you to want to be an Esther standing in front of a king that could perish unless God puts you there. Anything and circumstance in your life, the question is, did God put you there? And if God puts you there, He's going to see you through this. For we read in the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, I believe it is in the 11th verse, He says, And I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. He said, the thoughts to give unto you an expected end. God knows what he has a purpose and a reason for us in our life. And God has that. But as John tells us is that you can receive nothing except it be given from heaven. Today, are you, do you believe that God has something in store for you? Esther probably never dreamed the fact that she was going to be ultimately in the presence of a king to be a queen and to be able to one that could deliver the people. But folks, that's what God could do. He can defy so many things. God today desires that we might trust him and believe in him so that he might work miracles in our life and nobody else can. But when we talk about for such a time as this, it also means that sometimes we have to get to a point in our life that not only are we going to be in Babylon, but sometimes the elements that we're in is going to be hard. Don't you wish we were all in our comfort zone and we never had to worry about? Don't you wish you don't have to say, if I perish, I perish? If I hurt, I'm going to hurt. If I'm going to, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Whatever. Don't you wish that we could always just say, well, if I'm going to prosper, I'm just going to prosper. If good's going to happen, good's going to happen. If I get whatever, just fill in the blank. Don't you wish that sometimes it was always the positive and not the, the harder things that we might have to accept? But listen to what, what we're seeing here. Is that sometimes we have to realize is that there's work to be done. And we have things that we have to do for God. Let me turn back to the book of Genesis chapter 4. Excuse me. The 14th verse of the 6th chapter of Genesis. Genesis chapter 6 and in verse 14. Listen to what God told Noah. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. They were prepared and they had to go to work. Esther was prepared and had to be where God wanted to be. Noah was prepared and had to be where God wanted to be for listen to what he said. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Folks, would God have asked Noah to build an ark of gopher wood if gopher wood was not available? No. God would have said, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to do something that's not there. I'm going to provide you what you need. Today, God was going to provide Esther exactly what she needed in a time, such a time as this. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. He said, I'll give you some dimensions. Room shut thou make in the ark, 
And thou shalt pitch it within and without. God gave Noah a job. God gave Moses a job. And the, people, and the list goes on and on that, that, that people that have been called by God to do work. But listen to what happened. He said, I want you to take gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark. And he said, I want you to pitch it. So in other words, I'm going to give you the specifications. You just have to follow them. You see what, if, if, if it's such a time as this that you and I get in, we have to realize is that we don't have to create the, the guidelines. We don't have to create the rules. We don't have to make the plan. We just got to follow the plan. Follow the plan. We're going to talk about that again. I'm going to prelude into that. We have to trust the plan of God and what he has. He said, make thee an ark. You know what the word, when he, when he means the word make, it just means like a sacrifice in your life. Folks, sometimes being where God wants you to be in your life means making a sacrifice. I'm not going to try to even compare or to think about all the things that you could possibly or potentially have to sacrifice. But I do know this. If God has a place and a purpose, follow him. If God has something he wants you to do, he said, make thee an ark. This ark that, that Noah was about to build was not a small item. This was not a small task. Matter of fact, it was going to take him 120 years. But yet still willing to do that. If the task is small or it's not dangerous, if we can stand in front of somebody besides a king, if I can build something besides an ark, God, let the important people or the more knowledgeable people or the wealthier people, sometimes we have to say, God, let me be a part of that. Here I am, Lord, send me. Let me be these things for such a time as this. He says, make thee an ark. I believe if we're going to serve God today, we can't be content in the state we're in. We've got to be willing to roll our sleeves up and get to work. He said, make thee an ark. Do you think God wanted Noah to start the ark and then somebody else was going to come along and finish it? What happened with Noah was he was going to start the ark and he had to finish. Folks, if God brings you into the presence of a king and you face, if I perish and I'll perish, then God's going to see you through that. And what I mean by that is, is that folks, God wants to see you through to finish the things that he has before thee. He said, make thee an ark. Do you mean to tell me today that Noah was going to do all this hard work for nothing? Or was he actually going to get to a place where God was going to bless him and see him through and let him finish the task that, that God had allowed him to start? Folks, God wants you to finish the task. If he's convicting your heart, he wants to finish that by saving your soul. If God has put you in a time such as this, then God has a purpose and a reason. For in our text, it talks about how that Esther, as she came into the presence of a king, that there had to be a... a an amazing amount of trust that she had in God. I'm not asking you to tell me this morning. I just want to ask yourself, what is your level of trust with God? How strong is it? Even if we put it on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your trust level today? Folks, the scripture says we should completely trust in Him. Can I read you a verse of scripture found in the book of Psalm chapter 9? And in verse... I'm going to close with this in just a little bit. Psalm chapter 9 and verse 10 said this. 
They that know thy name. Do you know the name of Jesus? Psalm chapter 9 and verse 10 says, They that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them who seek thee. I'm going to say this very shortly. God is worthy of being trusted. Can I say that one more time? God is worthy of being trusted. Esther had to go in front of a king and said, If I perish, then I'll perish. I'm risking my life. But if this is what it takes and this is what has to happen, then this for such a time as this, I'm brought into such a circumstance. And listen to this. They that know thy name will put their trust in thee. They that know thy name. Folks, today there's, there's no other name today that's more worthy of, 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 of our trust and our praise than the name of Jesus. Many people today may mock the name of Jesus, but it's because they don't know him. They may mock God. It's because it's they do not know God. But listen to what happened. He says, they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. Do you believe? Let me ask this carefully. Do you believe there are results of trusting in God? And before you answer that, read Hebrews chapter 11. It talked about people that had faith and trust in God and how that they lived their life. And folks, we're not talking about small things that happened. And amazing things happened in their life because of their trust in God. None of those, I don't say none, not all of those circumstances were ideal or perfect or what we would say something we would prefer. But it was exactly the circumstance that God had provided. And here we see is that that, that God said that that, that for they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For without faith, the Hebrew writer says, it is impossible to please God. For you and I today, how can we satisfy, how can we please God if we don't trust in him? How can Esther go into the presence of a king and please God if she didn't trust God to have a good ending that was given to thee? Remember Jeremiah 29, 11, to give unto thee and expecting it. How can we please God if we don't trust God for the outcome of what's going to happen? For the rest of that verse in Psalm chapter 9 says, For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them who seek thee. How many of you today can say God's not forsaken you? Folks, let me tell you this. You may say, well, there was this one time. Folks, there's never been a time that God forsaken thee. For thou hast not. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Does it mean there's not times that we feel like God, such a time as this, you've put me in the wrong place, you've made a mistake, you've put me in the presence of a king, and if I perish, I perish. Absolutely not. God didn't make a mistake. He said, I was there with you too. And God today wants to be there with us. For he says, for thou, O Lord, hast not forsaken them who seek thee. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He said, to them who seek thee. There's one thing I believe in today. I don't say one thing. There's something else that I believe in today. For those of us that are saved by His grace, and for those that seek after Him, you will never be disappointed. 
Has anybody here ever sought after the Lord and got disappointed when you got in touch with Him? I can probably be silent for a while. For such a time as this, God, you put me in these circumstances, but in these circumstances, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to seek after you. And it's in that that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the image of God began to appear. Why? Because God is in the, the, the things that we do not know. And folks, God is in the most extreme circumstances of our life. For them that seek thee. I got to humming a song this morning that says, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Do you know the next few verse, words? Just to take him at his word. Why is that so hard for us as human beings just to believe and take him at his word? If God said it, said it that settles it. That's, that's, that's pretty simple, isn't it? If God settled it, I believe it, that settles it. But you know what I found out? That's a whole lot easier said than done, isn't it? The truth of the matter is, we don't always trust him like we should. Our, our level of trust is not high. But he's saying, you must trust in me. You must believe in me. Jesus wants us not to have distrust or agitation. He wants us to have peace. And you know how sometimes, if you read in the New Testament, do you know how sometimes he would talk to his disciples and others to give them peace about future things? He would tell them about future things to happen. He said, but don't worry about it. John 16 and 33 said this. These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. He said, I'm telling you about things that are going to happen because I want you to find peace in me. One of these days you're going to stand before a king. You may think, oh great, I get to stand in the presence of a king. I'm talking about as Esther stood in front of a king and said, if I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. But if God, if this is the place you've put me, then this is where I need to be. Today, folks, may you have peace about a future event that one day when you stand and you stare, if I perish, I perish, that you still can trust God. These things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace for in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus always foretold about future events to give people peace in their life. I have already been foretold by God's word, I'm going to die. Long before I was ever born, my day was already been determined, folks. I, God knew when I was going to be born, God knew I was going to die. But here's the thing is that we can have peace about a future event because of Jesus. Folks, that is a glory hallelujah moment if I've ever known one. We can have peace in a future event because of Jesus Christ. If I stand before a king and if I perish, I perish. But it's still trusting in God. I believe that many of us today can do some pretty amazing things. I believe God wants to use us and, and, and work in many marvelous ways in our life. But we have to get to a place that we're willing to trust Him and surrender unto Him and do as He bids us to do. For as Esther said, going back to the book of Esther chapter 4 for just a minute. You can see that Esther had this confidence that God was going to see through. Can I read to you chapter 5 for just a second? 
Now it came to pass, we talked about some of these things. On the third day, Esther put on her royal apparel, stood in the inner court of the king's house, over against the king's house, and against the king that sat upon his royal throne, in the royal house, over against the gate of the house. So here it is. If you say something's going to happen, I'm not going to read all this chapter. I've already briefed you on that a little bit. But if you say and you believe something's going to happen, put legs to it and go do it. Do you believe that God, for such a time as this, has brought you here to see not what you can do, but what He can do? What an amazing thought for you and I today to think, God, let, me, let the world see what I can do. No, we want the world to see what God can do. For I'll tell you this, God wants to work in us and through us. Today, Esther just got to a place for such a time as this. This is what God brought me here for. What has God brought you here for? What are you trusting in God for? God bless you this morning. Those are the things I had upon my heart.